Martin Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 21 degrees in downtown Boise at 6.06. He's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for listening in. Thanks for being a part of the show. And remember, you can always be more of a part of the show if you want to participate. You can do that very easily by calling us at 208-336-3700. Toll free 1-800-529-5264. Pound 670 if you have a Verizon wireless phones. Those phone numbers are all going to come in handy today. We've got a lot to give away. If you want to go to the uh, next home game, a uh, rare Sunday evening game, early game, 6 o'clock, um, UNLV will be in town. We have three chances for you to win this morning. Three pair of tickets that we will be giving away. Keep in mind, when you win these tickets, I just need to let you know that if, if you're going to pick them up, you must pick them up by 2 o'clock today. Our office closed at 2 o'clock this afternoon. So keep that in mind. We have three pair of tickets to give away, but you must pick up these tickets here at our studios in downtown Boise by this afternoon, 2 o'clock, because we close for the extended three-and-a-half-day weekend for for some of our office staff. The price is right. Yeah, free free is pretty good, right? Yeah, that's one of my favorite prices. Actually, it is my favorite price. (laughs) Uh, And once again, we've had great crowds this year for Boise State, hoping to have another big one uh, on uh, Sunday evening. So, And once again, I remind you that Monday is President's Day, so a lot of people have uh, Monday off. Which you know, if this were a regular Sunday night game, they go, "Ah, I got Monday. I gotta, I gotta stay yeah, home and sleep and exactly. get, get ready for a day." Well, you might not have to do that. So, um, we'll have a, a chance for you, early morning listeners, this morning, sometime this hour. You're going to get your first chance to win those tickets. So stick around. Our emails: Chris at kboi dot com, Mike at kboi dot com. If you want to uh, get through to us this morning, you can also do that. Text us, same as our. Main number, it is Open Phones Friday, and it's brought to you by our friends at Fast Eddie's in Meridian. Gas prices going up, but if you still want to save gas, you can get a dollar forty, up to a dollar forty per gallon every single time you fill up. So the price of your gas, instead of starting with three for our every place else in the state, your gas could start with a two in front of it instead of a three. Uh, get in today and find out at Fast Eddie's how you can take advantage of that. Some of the things going to be talking about this morning. <laughs> we had mentioned this yesterday. How soon? Was uh, President Trump going to start slamming Nikki Haley, who uh, announced her run for presidency I earlier, think the, the over earlier under, this week? The over-under was 20 minutes after the announcement. I'm actually surprised it lasted this long. Now, we also talked about what was the, the nickname he was going to give her because she gives pretty much every, he gives everybody and a you, nickname. You thought it should be, it, it, should, it should either Not r- that it should be. I thought either rhyme or be alliterative or no, something. No, I, I just, I, I was trying to come up, okay, what is he going to, you know, slam her for and usually when he comes up with a nickname uh i just thought okay he's gonna call her icky nicky or something like that because yeah. i don't i don't know i mean it's e- sleepy joe's an easy one right you know because he kind of you know it's old and so if you're going to come up with something well, to try I, and slam I him have, i probably would have gone with old joe but old, you know, yeah. well good. it's hard to do old joe when you're just a few years younger than he is true you yeah. know what i mean slightly older joe yeah um, but anyway, she she got slammed by uh, President Trump. I don't know how good a slam it is, but we'll talk about that. And we're all going to tie that in together because another thing that Nikki Haley um, talked about this week was how she thinks that people over the age of 75 should have a mental capacity test before they are able to run really? for political office. I think people over the age of 25 should probably have that, too. <laughs> 
Um, it, it, I mean, basically, she's 51 years old, so she's kind of setting herself apart from the two main people that looks like, at least yeah, based on, on... Setting herself st- apart by nearly three decades, actually. <laughs> based on, on what we're hearing from polling, uh, the two people that are probably favorites right now, Trump and Biden, who are both going to be in their 80s if they win the election mm-hmm. in the uh, upcoming election. Biden already in his 80s, by the way. Um, so she's trying to kind of set herself aside from that. I want to I want to bring this together because, you know, you have the claims of, you know, Biden not being mentally all there like he has now. His doctor had the, what do you call it for lack of a better term, checkup. Um, yeah, and, physical. Yeah. Uh, now, there was no... Word on whether or not they tested his mental acuity or not, but physically they said he's fine. He had a couple of um, things removed, lesions removed from his chest and face oh, area. Okay, so not like brain parts or anything. No. Like. Okay, no. Good. Um, good. And if you're wondering why he walks kind of with that stiff gait, apparently he has arthritis pretty badly in his back, and that causes him to walk the way he does i think 80 kind of says it for me 80 yeah you don't kind of do it you don't see a lot of sprinters who are age 80 no well ballet dancers it depends on what your definition of sprinters is people who run fast yeah um they may be running fast for 80 and they may be sprinting but that's as fast as they can sprint so they may be sprinting but they're not okay in a race going to the olympics in a race with other 80 year olds i don't know that he wouldn't win gold yeah probably not and but other than that they said uh i guess he's got high cholesterol Uh, other than that he said Basically, oh, he's healthy for an 80-year-old well, man. <laughs> I'm certainly going to. I'm certainly going going to uh, criticize him for that high cholesterol stuff. Now, uh, the, hope it never happens to me. Good grief! The reason that we're also going to talk about this is some of the things that have happened with Diane Feinstein mm-hmm. um, this week, and whether or not you think she should currently be in Congress. So. She she announced she by coincidence also older than she used to be. Yes, right. she announced everybody. All, all of us are. I, we're, you and I are older than we used to be right now. That's really a coincidence. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, based on some of the things that she has said, maybe not said, but asked questions about about things that she had done herself this week. Th- maybe this might not be such a bad idea because maybe she shouldn't be in Congress right now, just based on a couple of things that have. That have happened this week, and she she is again though, also that, that, in her eighties. That, that could easily be said about a lot of the younger ones as well. Mm, I don't think you get people forgetting that they just voted or didn't vote on a bill as they walk out of a vote. Okay, no, it's it's different things, but yeah, uh, yeah, uh, just as shocking sometimes. Yeah, that, so that's that's the type of stuff that I'm talking about okay. when when you when you also forget that you sent out a press release saying that you were not going to be running in the next election mm-hmm. and you get asked about it. She goes, I haven't made that comment yet. And your staffers have to say, yeah, you, you sent out a press release a few hours ago. Okay. That that's a bad look. So it's, wouldn't you say? So it's like, uh, the last couple of years, those Glenn Campbell concerts. Yeah. 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 Something like that. Um, so we'll talk about that coming up here for you this morning. Uh, more information on the balloons. Remember yesterday, you and I were talking about it. It's weird that the White House has come out and, and, and said, you know, that these are not Chinese balloons. They said yeah. that they don't believe they're spy balloons, that they might be civilian yeah. type balloons. And they're benign. 
Yeah, and, and we said, it's weird that they say that, but here we are five days, seven days away from three balloons, you know, being shot down, and nobody, uh, no company has come out and said, hey, you shot down our really expensive balloon, you bastages. As it turns out, that's because they're not expensive, is that it? Well, uh, a company yesterday, and they don't know for sure, yeah. company, or not a company, a hobby club is missing a balloon. The balloon um, is believed to cost anywhere from twelve to possibly hundred and eighty dollars. Oh my! Could be as le- as little as because they have more than well, one balloon. We're going to have to compensate these people. <laughs> um, but your, it, your tax dollars at work. It does just, but it does go to show that you have a two hundred million dollar airplane that was sent mm-hmm. to shoot a four hundred and fifty thousand dollar missile at a twelve dollar. That shot down a twelve dollar mylar balloon. Good to see nothing's changed. <laughs> so there is some tax, your, tax your dollars government at work at waste, and and now you wonder, okay, if if this all ties into the government, you know, loosening how they look for these balloons, you know, changing their parameters of how mm-hmm. they look, how how many more of these twelve dollar balloons are going to be shot down? If it's like shiny and says happy birthday, maybe don't shoot it down. Something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, Anyway, those are some of the things we're going to be talking about. It is Open Phones Friday. What do you want to talk about? We'll talk about anything you want to talk about also this morning. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Time for our first check on what's going on with sports this morning. It's brought to you by our friends at Pork Belly in CUNA. We announced yesterday it is official. Somebody you know and love and know that... Their food is absolutely fantastic. Is now the uh, official head chef at Pork Belly in Cuna. Chef Wally is uh, there to make your great stuff. Working on uh, adding some new things to the menu over the coming weeks. We'll be telling you about that. Get out and enjoy your breakfast today. They open up in 45 minutes in Cuna. It's Pork Belly. Good morning. The Boise State men's basketball team will be home on Sunday night when they take on UNLV, and they're looking to gain a little ground in the Mountain West. We get more on that for Bob Beeler today. The Broncos beat UNLV 84-66 in Las Vegas in January, and they'll go for the series sweep on Sunday at home. They shot over 50% for the game and also from three. Coach Rice gave the keys to beating the Rebels last night on the Coach's Show. They are an athletic, physical team, and they are great defensively. You know, they, they really attack the ball, and they, you know, they can turn you over a lot. you got to have a good plan. you got to understand the plan. you got to play under control. you got to be strong with the ball. A Bronco win moves the team within a game of first place San Diego State. The Aztecs are off this weekend. Our covers will begin at 6.30 on Sunday. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. We'll look at the rest of the Mountain West for you. There are two games tonight. There are two games tomorrow night. And then, of course, Boise State plays on Sunday night. First, tonight's games, it'll be New Mexico at San Jose State, and then Air Force will play at Wyoming this evening. And then a couple more interesting games on Saturday when Colorado State travels to Fresno State, and the one to keep an eye on, 6 p.m. tip time in Logan, Utah, will be Nevada, who's tied with Boise State right now in second place in the Mountain West, will go to Utah State. Utah State is in fourth place and is really good at home and is shooting the ball better than any team in the Mountain West right now. I'm Rick Worthington. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. KSD officials started placing the list of books under restricted access and removing them from classroom libraries. 
As the Idaho Press reports, the district received a list from the Idaho Association of School Administrators. The books on that list are now under behind-the-shelf protocol. In the CUNA School District, behind-the-shelf books are books that require parent permission before a student can check them out. Many of the books listed do contain LGBTQ themes or content. Full list of books available today at KBOI.com. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. As we're talking uh, more about book banning, we've got a bill going through the Idaho legislature. Um, we've got this going on at CUNA high school libraries. You have the uh, story also from earlier this week about uh, a group trying to get book or the entire Meridian Library District taken away. So banning all books in Meridian. Yeah, gee whiz, that doesn't seem like an overreaction, does it? That meeting happened last night, by the way, um, and they're basically going to work through this. The commissioner said that they want to do this lawfully, so they will take this under advisement, and there will be more meetings in the upcoming future about whether or not to do away with okay, the public library. So, so they want to get rid of the library because there's a chance that a kid might it's something obscene. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But they want to keep the internet? <laughs> well, not in the library. If the library's gone. But yeah, it doesn't make sense, does it? Because uh, what uh, do you well, think it's not, it's kids not, are seeing worse stuff on the internet, or are they seeing worse stuff in our public libraries? Well, what do you think I think? I know exactly what you think. Okay. Um, Commissioner Rod Beck said that we are disappointed that a small contingency in Ada County wants to dissolve the Murdigan Library District. Um, while we wait for the determination on the next step, our library staff will continue to provide the excellent programming and assistance Meridian has embraced for the past 99 years. The interesting thing about this is that in a flyer circulated by the group of concerned citizens that listed five books from Meridian Libraries as example of graphic and disgusting pornography, mm-hmm. which are Captain Underpants, which has been turned into a Kids cartoon, mm-hmm. sex is a funny word, two boys kissing, gender queer, and big hard sex criminals. The Adventures of Captain Underpants and Sex is a Funny Word are both children's books that are listed in the youth area in the Meridian Library District's catalog. Two Boys Kissing is in the teen area, so kids can't check it out unless they're teenagers. And Gender Queer is already in the adult section, so kids or teenagers can't check that out. Um, the adult Comic book series Sex Criminals is not available at any Meridian Library locations, even though that was listed as a book that shouldn't be allowed. How many comic book series are available at libraries? Um, hard to say. I've, it's been a long time since, I have to admit, I've ever been to a library, and I've never been to a library I've been to, to a lot check of libraries, out but comic I've, books. Yeah, I've never checked a comic book out from one. Yeah. Um, Big Hard Sex Criminals is the hardcover collection that includes the first 10 issues of the series. It is not available in any local libraries according to library catalogs that the idaho statesman checked out so how big a problem you know is this they're listing books that shouldn't be in the library and some of those books aren't even in any of the libraries mm-hmm. so hey let's ban these but, books that aren't in the library but, but as, enable for kids to check but out. as we heard from people yesterday if there's even a chance that it could happen we should prevent it from happening your thoughts on what you think about cuna putting the behind the counter Books is that is that an answer to this? Just is it as easy as that? Sure. Pick out the books, put them behind the counter, and you have to have a parent's permission yeah. to check them out if you are a child. Is it or as easy as that? Or you just have to be a certain age, and that's all there is to it. 
208-336-3700. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 642, he's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Yesterday I had a conversation about voting. Got some emails in on that. It is Open Phones Friday, and yes, we do take your emails. Uh, this one, in no name on this, says, uh, You were wrong again yesterday, Casper. Early voting is counted first in all states. Arizona took so long because they were cheating. You can't get 80 to 90% of the vote counted on the day of the election and then take two weeks to count the last 10% without it being fraudulent. Wake up. Well, first of all, you didn't pay attention very close because I didn't say all states. I said some states don't allow counting of early votes before Election Day. And no state allows early reporting. So if you've got early voting and all that comes in, they're not allowed to report that the day before the election. Oh, by the way, President Biden is leading by 60% or President Trump is leading by 60% in this state. They don't do that. Now, here is the state-by-state view, overview. 17 states or statute-specific rules allow for absentee mail-in counting to begin before Election Day. Only 17 states. 16 states uh, allow for absentee mail-in counting to begin on Election Day before the polls close. And 17 states' specific rules do not allow absentee mail-in early voting to be counted until after the polls close on Election Day Idaho is one of those. Okay. That they early voting, none of those can be counted until the polls close on election day. So yeah, there there are, you know, a majority of states that don't allow reporting uh of vote or not even reporting starting to count the votes until after polls either open or are closed. There are only seventeen states that allow the process to begin before election day, which is well, now we know which that. is what I said. Yeah. All right. Uh, another one writes in, correcting one of our callers um, who had moved from California, saying that uh, Californians, you know, in California, he had noticed that you could just go in and say, yep, I'm that person right there, and then just vote. Uh, this person says, your caller was incorrect about just claiming that you could be whoever you wanted to be when it comes to voting. California does require the voter to state their full name and address, repeat their name and address, and then require that they sign their name on the roster, which makes it a legal document. Okay. All right. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, we'll take more of your phone calls and emails. Don't forget, it is Open Phone Friday. It's brought to you by Fast Eddie's in Meridian. Let's get a check on what's going on with sports once again this morning. It is brought to you by Pork Belly in CUNA. They are open seven days a week. If you're wondering, hey, Monday's President's Day, I bet they're not open. No, nope. seven days a week. Open up at 7 a.m., 15 minutes from right now. You can get in and get a delicious breakfast. And, yes, that even includes President's Day. Get in and find out what everybody's talking about in CUNA. Good morning. Let's talk golf for a minute. Of course, anytime we talk about golf, Mike Casper gets all excited. But this one's kind of cool because we might be seeing Tiger Woods finally recover from that accident that's kept him from playing for so long. Well, any pain that he's feeling, Tiger Woods probably didn't feel it walking off the 18th green yesterday, despite an injury that still bothers the 15-time major winner. Woods punctuated his first round of competitive golf in seven months with three birdies on the final three holes. He shot a 2-under 69 at the Genesis Invitational to make his return to the PGA. A pretty exciting one. Tiger Woods, once again, Around the leaderboard, still needs to get a little help, but looked pretty good yesterday. Also some NFL news to deal with. The Green Bay Packers 
Well, they're looking to get a little cap room, and running back Aaron Jones will be staying with the Packers after reaching an agreement yesterday on an $11 million salary for the 2023 season that includes $8.5 million in signing bonuses. Including the upcoming season, Jones will have made $31 million since 2021, second most among running backs only behind Christian McCaffrey. And there are also some questions about what the Packers will do about their quarterback, Aaron Rodgers who is scheduled to make a lot against the cap this year. And there's discussions that he may not want to play for Green Bay coming back this year, but might be open to playing for the Raiders in Las Vegas instead. I'm Rick Worthington. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. IdahoEdNews.org reports the bill would make three significant changes. Debate will continue today with a vote likely at the end of the hearing. The Idaho Capital Sun reports Senate Bill 1038 would One Republican saying the bill contradicts the GOP platform under the bill. <laughs> um, that's the thing that's not being mentioned in this year's uh, legislature. I don't know if you could read between the lines. Property taxes. Um, I might have gotten a little lost there. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and, and you and I have hosted lawmakers here in the studio every Thursday and Friday, as we do mm-hmm. every year during the legislative session. Sure. And it, it's one thing. We even asked our lawmakers yesterday. It's like, you know, why, why are some of these things being talked about ahead of property taxes when the people that call into our show, the, the constituents, the voters saying over the last three, four years, maybe even longer than that, the property taxes needs to be addressed. And yet it it doesn't seem to be, at least publicly, any bills being introduced to look at property taxes so far. We're a month in. There's only a little over, supposedly, a month and a half left. And if you're going to introduce bills, something has to be done here Mm -hmm. shortly. It's not something you can introduce a week before the legislature is due to leave. At least, I I think, uh, off mic, we asked them. Now, are you saving this for April? Because, <laughs> of course, they're supposed to... Everybody wants to go home in April. Adjourn yeah. at the end of March. But, I mean, we've got various gender dysphoria laws. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, bathroom use, you know, making it tougher to get initiatives on the ballot. Early in the session, they go after uh, things they think they can win. You know, they can get small victories, then work their way up to the big stuff, which, again, doesn't happen until April. Well, and then you end up with the problem that we have seen for the past couple of years. You get into close to the time that, you know, it is to go home and we have a part-time legislature. Right. And then it's like, well, we didn't get a chance to do that. We'll do that next year. It just gets kicked down the road again. However, they have uh, made provisions for themselves to call, uh, for the for them to call themselves into a special session mm-hmm. if necessary. Now, State Representative Jason Monks, who is the chair of the Revenue and Tax Committee, is on with Nate Shellman yesterday and he was uh nate asked him why we haven't seen or heard anything as of yet on property tax relief this session it's interesting i was i've been accused of that before in fact uh, it's usually a democrat talking point that likes to say you're not doing anything because they don't see us doing it um you know i was actually in a meeting with house leadership and some leadership of the senate working on property taxes when i saw your text actually and um that that's what I do all day, every day, five, six, seven meetings a day working on property tax to try to come up with the best solution. Um, 
you know, if, if everybody, if, if I was the only person you had to convince to cut taxes, it's an easy game. But there's 70 representatives, there's 35 senators, and there's a governor. And if I'm going to get something done, I have to get the majority of all those groups to uh, agree with me. And that takes time. And uh, the good thing is that we're dealing with right now is the fact that um, the Senate and the House uh, want to cut taxes, and they want to cut property taxes. And I think the governor even gave a nod to that in his state of the state, where he said, it's okay, we're going to cut some property taxes, even though property taxes, the state collects not one penny of property tax. Um, not one penny comes to the state, but yet we're going to you can govern money you, to help you, cut them. You can govern the, uh, the cities and the counties to an extent, and you can set the parameters. Correct, and we did that with um, with the bill to actually cap how much they can grow their budgets. Uh, we we just did that last year, and we we continually do that, and we're going to keep doing it. But um, in the in the meantime, when people aren't seeing anything getting done, some good things have been happening. Um, the governor recommended in his state of the state four and a half percent of sales tax, which is about one hundred and twenty million dollars, could be used for property tax relief. Um, the proposals that are out there right now are not $120 million. We're looking at close to $300 million of property tax relief. That's what's been happening behind the scenes right now where we're working and negotiating and working with members of the Appropriations Committee and the governor's office and everybody else to try to come up with a maximum amount of, of tax relief that we can get right now. Once again, that's uh, State Representative Jason Bunce who was on with uh, Nate Shellman yesterday. Um, also, part of that conversation, if you want to hear the whole thing, these are just a couple of the highlights from the interview. Mm-hmm. If you want to hear the whole thing, go to KBY.com and listen to the podcast. I, I think it's great, you know, that he's pointing out that they're always working on it. But, you know, the the world doesn't want to hear about the labor pains. They just want to see the baby. Right. Now, he was asked um, what, you know, the chances of something getting done on property taxes are this particular session. And he said that was... 99% said he doesn't plan on going home until it gets done. Hmm. So I wonder if the others I, feel that way. Sounds like he's saying there's a chance. Um, the other thing that people seem to be wanting something done on, um, sales tax relief. Now, he said that 99% chance of it, property tax relief getting addressed this session. Um, what he had to say about sales taxes, probably not too much going to get done on uh, anything having to do with sales tax relief. Take a listen. I had a guy who talked to me this year, a week ago, mm-hmm. called me up and said, what are we going to do about grocery tax? And I said, well, first of all, this year, every dollar I can cut in property tax, I'm going to. And so that's the fo- focus this year. That's the number one issue we've heard from our constituents to, is where they want that cut to happen. And so that's what we're going to do. And um, that's where I'm going to spend all the money that we've got available with it. But the second thing I asked this guy is, how much money do you pay in grocery tax? He says, well, it's just me and my wife, but we like to make a lot of of, uh, fancy food. And so we buy a lot of fresh food. Like, okay, how much do you spend every month? He said about 400 bucks between this elderly couple every month. That's what they spend on their their food. That's $4,800 a year times 6%, the $288 in taxes that they're paying sales tax on their groceries. They currently get $300 back with the credit. Can we get rid of it for them? That's a tax increase. For myself and my family, I can spend $1,000, $1,041 every month, and I get that tax-free. Um, getting and you shop at the same grocery stores. Listen, we, we all shop at the same grocery stores, and when it comes to the idea of food costs, you know, you, if, if you just followed the WIC guideline, 
You know, it was, we talk about eggs. You could talk about milk. We could talk about a number of these things. Maybe not, maybe it's not all groceries, but you know, just the staples, just to make the cost of groceries just maybe six percent more affordable. I'm absolutely for for making sure we don't pay tax on on our groceries. Um, I would be absolutely happy, and we will probably bring a raise that credit even more. Um, the, you got to remember too, Nate, that we're 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 collecting over a hundred million dollars from out of state folks paying on our groceries. And everybody here in the state's going to get almost most people get everything they pay in groceries back when they file their taxes. Some people will pay a little bit more, but we're going to give up a hundred million dollars from out of state folks, which is going to go right back onto Idaho citizens. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. Did what he say make sense to you? Sounds like property, are you looking for, property are you looking taxes. For a, a percentage? <laughs> no, it was a rhetorical question to oh, okay. you know to give our, our listeners, or if they want to weigh in. Um, basically, in reading between the lines, there it sounds like uh, property taxes also his priority over sales tax. Um, you know, and listening to that, I'm like, okay, good. Property tax is going to get taken care of. Sales tax, I'm not going to hold my breath on. At least that's that's what I got from that. By the way, that's just a couple of the highlights of uh, the talk with Nate yesterday as uh, Jason Monk's chair of the uh, Revenue and Tax Committee was on with the show. If you want to check out the whole interview and uh, hear what he had to say uh, above and beyond that, you can check it out. You can go to kboi.com, click on the podcast, and hear all of that. Uh, Stick around. You can also email us, mike at kboi.com, chris at kboi.com. It's also Open Phones Friday. We'll talk about anything you want to talk about when we uh, come back next. Jeremiah Bates is going to be with us. Stock market futures are down after being down over 400 points yesterday on the Dow. Um, We'll find out. Is this all being accredited to uh, inflation and what's happening with inflation? We'll find out. Coming up next, Jeremiah Bates with us here on News Talk KBOI. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. Jeremiah Bates with us once again to talk about your money. Dow futures are down 100 points after the Dow was down over 400 points as of yesterday uh however i want to take here as we head into the weekend three-day weekend uh take a a few minutes this morning to talk uh about taxes uh, as we have been doing even here on the show ourselves this morning uh but this is tax filing season anything new that we should be concerned about this year well not not necessarily new but with this tax time upon us for individuals who are Investors, whether you have a brokerage account just held in your name or joint name, or perhaps you had an IRA that you maybe took an RMD out of or did a distribution out of last year, you're going to start seeing these 1099s start to trickle in. Now, for the most part, if you just did a simple distribution out of your, let's say, traditional IRA, that'll be reported on a 1099R. That's pretty straightforward. It just says, hey, this is the amount that you distributed out of your IRA. Maybe you did some tax withholding. It was relatively straightforward. The ones that I want to put more focus on, it's the 1099DIV, where it shows the, I guess, return of whether income, interest, return of capital out of a particular fund or stock. Most people are familiar with this in the form of a dividend because more times than not, that's taxable as ordinary income. Okay, so it's kind of base case there. But what's going to happen is you're likely going to receive multiple 1099s 
coming over these weeks because you have what's called correction cycles. So whatever amount that was distributed, the true taxability of that amount may have not been known by the broker where you hold your investments. I'm going to give you a good example. TD Ameritrade, they have four correction cycles. So there is a chance, probably unlikely, but there's a chance you could receive 1099s from the same account and you can receive four of them. What? And that last correction <laughs> cycle goes to, it'll be generated at April 13th. So, so if to, I've already filed, then I'm going to have to refile again, correct? Per, perhaps. Now, this is where now this is where you want to look at what what is the level of the correction, right? I mean, is it negligible? I mean, this is where I'd say definitely talk to your accountant, your tax professional, because, and this is also goes to show that maybe you don't put a rush on filing your taxes. Maybe you wait a little bit. Like if last year you received multiple corrected 1099s and you didn't make any necessarily big changes, the likelihood of you receiving those again this year, pretty high. So maybe just wait a little bit until you get that perhaps final corrected 1099 but just just anticipate that because at the end of the day these companies that are issuing these distributions or funds whether it's a mutual fund or an exchange traded fund they have to go in and correct those distributions and mark maybe the maybe the dividend that was kicked out was a qualified dividend versus a non-qualified dividend or instead of a dividend maybe it was a return of capital in the form of a short-term gain or a, or a long-term gain meaning expect these corrections to come through so maybe put the brakes on filing your return if you anticipate that coming through. But if it's a huge correction, I mean, if it's a if it's a substantial change, then yes, that would likely uh, result in you having to amend your tax return. Great, always great talking to you about taxes and getting all sorts of good news from it's you. It's the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> all right, looking like we're going to see the futures uh, down once again after the Dow closed down over 400 points yesterday. Opening in a few minutes, we'll get an update from you uh, here in just a few minutes. But you did such a great job of scaring us this morning. We're going to give you Monday <laughs> off, and we'll talk to you Tuesday. Much appreciated, gents. Have a good one. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 742, open phones Friday, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. It's brought to you by Fast Eddie's in Meridian. Uh, get in today for any one of your Red Bull flavors, uh, including new limited edition Fig Apple Red Bull. It's in stock. They have over... 400 different energy drinks available every single day. A lot of them always on sale. Get into Fast Eddie's and Meridian on Eagle Road. Congratulations uh, going out to Dean Banuelos. Uh, caller number six picked up a pair of tickets to go see the Boise State UNLV game coming up here this coming Sunday night. If you didn't win this hour or last hour when we gave away the tickets, stick around. Over the next two hours, you'll have another chance. One more final chance to uh, see the game coming up here this Sunday night. Text message uh, in this morning at 208-336-3700 for Open Phones Friday says, property taxes are hard. It's much easier to name a post office or pick a state slug than it is to figure out a state slug. <laughs> property taxes. How many different I, kinds of slugs are there? I, I think he was being sarcastic about yeah. all the dumb stuff that they're looking at. I, when I say dumb stuff, some people consider it dumb stuff well, that, that the legislature is looking at rather than property that taxes. Was, that was the theory taxes. I mentioned earlier, is that they start off with easy wins so they can get a few under their belt and then go for the hard stuff later when it's, well, you know, too late. Mm-hmm. It's March 31st. Oh, we're not going to have a chance to do that this year. John says, taxes. I have the solutions. Property taxes are based on the purchase price. 
and cannot increase greater than a 2% rate. Sales tax, it would be nice to see it rolled back to 3.5%, but I think the government should be able to get by with a 5% rate, but why not make the state income tax zero and make the sales tax 10%, then everyone who purchases items in Idaho contributes. Some possibilities there. Yeah. Hey, if we're talking about ideas, that's the way you uh, get them introduced. You might as well talk about them. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Your thoughts, or if there's something else you want to talk about this morning, you can do that. It is Open Phones Friday, after all. Right now, though, it's time for another check on what is going on with sports. One final time, brought to you once again by our friends at Pork Belly in Cuna, and don't forget, uh, you want to get there for lunch or breakfast. They're open now. They open up at 7 o'clock every day, Monday through Sunday. They're open for breakfast, lunch, brunch, uh, 7 until 2. Get in today. Uh, by the way, Chef Wally uh, has his own special clam chowder now available, and he's working on that fresh made this morning. So if you love clam chowder, get out to Pork Belly today for their clam chowder. Good morning. I'm Rick Worthington. Boise State's women's basketball team is getting hot at the right time. They've won five of their last six games. We get more from Bob Beeler this morning. The Broncos are 9-6 and six in conference play after a 59-54 road win at Air Force. Anna Osley led the team with 11 points, including making a crucial three to give Boise State a 54-51 lead with 1.20 to go. Mary Kay Nero got a huge block late as well as making four free throws. I just wanted to get a stick hand up. Our coaches always talk about get a stick hand up, so I, I put it up there and I just got lucky that I got the ball. So it was just right there for me. The Bronco women will be at home tomorrow at 2 to close out the home season against Utah State. Coverage will begin at 2 on 670 AM. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. And just a reminder, the Boise State men's basketball team, they're playing on Sunday night. UNLV comes to town to take on the Broncos at Extra Mile Arena. We'll have it for you here on News Talk KBOI as well. Uh, also, props to the Boise State softball team. They defeated Utah Tech 10-2 in five innings yesterday at the Torino Classic, hosted by San Diego. The Broncos recorded their first mercy rule victory of the season. They had eight hits in the game and played real well. I'm Rick Worthington. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Ada County Commissioners were sent a petition last week to get rid of the Meridian Library District. The group called Concerned Citizens of Meridian filed the petition accusing the district of misuse of taxpayer funds because some books in Meridian libraries are, quote, offensive and shouldn't be available to kids. Update on a story we have been following and telling you about this week about the dissolution of the Meridian Library District petition was sent in to do just that, and the meeting happened yesterday with Ada County Commissioners. Commission uh, accepted the petition under advisement. Commissioner Rod Beck said that that means that commissioners will determine if the petition complies under Idaho law, and if so, they will set the date for a public hearing. Hearing would help commissioners decide whether or not to place the question on a ballot, saying we want everyone to have a proper chance to present himself, Beck said, so we'll hear both sides of every issue. Now, the petition was circulated by a group called the Concerned Citizens of Meridian. No one from the public was allowed to speak at the short business meeting yesterday, which was lightly attended. Concerned Citizens of Meridian 
said its effort to label and segregate books with obscene and sexually explicit material began back in 2022. But the group said that they have not are not being heard by the Meridian Library District Board. The letter went on to say that the citizens support the library district, just not its board or trustees or director. So the shelves are, what are we talking about here? <laughs> we're, we're in favor of, uh, you know, the books, uh, certain books in the library, but everybody who runs the library, we're not in favor of them. The building is nice. They went on to say they are, in the letter, they are purposefully making the Meridian Library District an unsafe place for minors for allowing three free access to obscene and sexually explicit material in order to correct the issue. They must be removed. Cover letter also asserts that upon dissolution, the library district's assets will still exist. But you remember in a news release this week and talking about this story, 80 County Commissioner said that's not true. If dissolution occurs, all property and assets of the library district would be disposed of by 80 County Board of Commissioners. Yeah, he didn't necessarily mention the word bonfire, though. No, yeah, no fire, no bonfire, no burning of books, just, just banning of books. Previously, uh, groups concerned with material in the library circulated a flyer that listed five books from Meridian Libraries as examples of graphic and disgusting pornographic, uh, pornography. That's their quote, by the way. I didn't put that. Captain Underpants is one of the books. Sex is a Funny Word, Two Boys Kissing, Gender Queer, and Big Hard Sex Criminals. The Adventures of Captain Underpants and Sex is a Funny Word are children bo- children's books written specifically for children and are in the youth area in the Meridian Library District's catalog. Two, boy, two Boys Kissing is uh, only available to teenagers. It's in the teen area. And Gender Queer is only available in the adult section already. So the question I, I, that I asked a little bit earlier on this, you know, would, would they be okay if they just are doing like the CUNA school library, yeah. putting books behind the counter, and you're only allowed to check out the books with either adult supervision there or... You put up a sign that says restricted under 18. But here's the thing that they're... One of the books that they mention isn't available for, for anybody unless you're an adult. So it sounds like they want the books just out, right? Probably so. The adult book series Sex Criminals is not available at any Meridian Library donation so, or locations. So the fact that they bring that book up and it's not even available... It is, however, and this might not be a good thing, it is available at the Boise Main Library. Maybe the Boise Main Library can get ready for one of these petitions also. Meridian Library District runs four libraries, in case you're curious, across the city on a $7 million annual budget, and they anticipate opening another library in 2024. More than 1 million items were checked out of the library in 2022. 30,000 people attended library events, and over 700 programs were held yeah. In the Meridian Library by, District. By the way, for those of you who are fairly young, a book is like a website with a front and back cover. <laughs> yeah, nobody's trying to ban your website or nobody's trying to ban you off the Internet, at least yet. Um, so for those people, because we've had even people write in here, how much is, are the libraries even being used? Yeah. Over one million items were checked out last year. That should tell you it's pretty busy. It's not bad. Download the KBOI radio app for free for your Android or Apple device. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 807, 
Open Phones Friday. He's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for listening in. Remember, you can always be more of a part of the show by participating, especially on Fridays. We'll talk about anything you want to talk about. Quick update to the uh, Dow. was down uh, quite a bit uh, a little while ago, but it's clotted way back. Uh, now only down about 66 points, which compared to yesterday is really, really good because the Dow finished the day down over 400 points. You can email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Uh, text message in also, this text message, 208-336-3700, writes, Can children not enter the adult section of the Meridian Library? I have never seen a gatekeeper for any section of the libraries I have been using. I don't, probably not a, you know, armed guard or a security guard or even a librarian standing at the adult section, but I would guess that the adult section probably has signage, and if somebody saw a kid in the adult section, they would say, this is not mm. section you're allowed into. It, it, it may uh, it, it may depend uh, just upon how many people are actually working at the library that day. Yeah. Are, are they tackled and arrested? No, probably no, I don't not. Think so. yeah. Jim and uh, Reagans, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good Look, morning. Hi. Hi. Hey, uh... I think we're talking about the wrong issue here. Uh, the the books are kind of a mute point. It's what's in the book. Uh, they're addressing the verbiage there. It's actually really a health hazard. What obscene material does to the young mind, you know, when they're teenagers and things like that, one out of three become addictive uh, upon the first exposure. Uh, and I'm just, the listeners... Check out all the websites talking about pornography and what it does. Uh, I'm, I'm from Riggins, so we have that same problem in the schools up here. Uh, and we've been fighting that for about a year and a half. I think we're making some kind of progress, but the issue isn't the books. It's actually anything that a minor is exposed to uh, as far as pornography. It's a big problem in our country today, and it, that's what should be addressed. That would eliminate you know, we don't put uh, Playboy, Hustlers, those kind of things in a library, but the same kind of stories are in those those magazines. Who gets to decide, though? I mean, who was it that said, you know, I can't describe pornography, but I know it when I see no, it? It was a, uh, Supreme, it was a <laughs> yeah, Supreme Court justice back in the yeah, 60s. Yeah, well, it's not I, a joke. And a, a Supreme Court just, judge right. actually said it. Justice. Um, right. But here, here's, here's the question. Who gets to decide... What is pornography? Because pornography for one person might not be pornography for another person. You see what yeah, I mean? Good, good question. Actually, title, uh, title 18, Chapter 15 of the Idaho State Statutes has those, that definition, but people don't bother to read it. What does it uh, say? Well, it describes, there's a whole, there's a two-page uh, uh, outline of obscene materials. And pornography will fall under that. It's already in the, it's already a state law. Uh, I don't know why we don't enforce those laws in our school. Uh, the chapter fifteen basically says what I just said. As far as uh, uh, they find those materials are uh, harmful to minors. It's that simple. Right. We hey. don't need that. I, I, so if it's in a public library, that's a different issue. I'm, I'm talking about the school. School library. Okay. We don't Good. Use, okay. Have to use tax dollars 
that that makes a little more that, that makes a little more sense then because like I said I I think I had you uh, I was a little bit confused because we were talking about the Meridian Library District which is a public right. library not a school district uh, library yeah. so yeah okay yeah. I see what you're making and that makes a little more sense and, and once again I'll ask the question thank you for the call by the way and thanks for listening all the way in Riggins um, I'll ask the question again it, with what the CUNA Library announced that they were doing this week they were putting the library books behind the counter and saying if you want to check these books out you have to have parental permission does that take care of this or, or you have to or do you age. just want these books gone period you want nobody to be able to check them out or would that fix it these books put behind the counter of the Meridian Public Library and you have to have explicit consent or either have your parent with you or explicit consent from that parent with a letter or whatever does that does that make sense it does yeah or or do they just want the books gone so that there's absolutely no chance that a child could even now, get their eyes on it somebody had, had mentioned that they don't uh, bar kids from the adult section the adult section in a library doesn't mean adult books as we know them right it just means books that aren't necessarily aimed at children for instance, I could, when I was five years old, if I wanted to, I could go into the adult section and, you know, check out a book about uh, geometry or whatever I wanted, you know, to, to read about, and that would have been fine. Uh, but I was more likely to go into the kids' section because those were the books, you know, that you were, were, were aimed at people my age. But, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know. It, uh, the, we, we, put, uh, we put labels on on. Music, we put labels on TV shows, we put labels on uh, movies, and, you know, simply we say adult themes, and we don't necessarily say, I mean, you know, it's not against the law for a movie theater to let a 12-year-old into a, an R-rated movie. There's, no, There's no law all. whatsoever. That's simply an agreement in the movie industry that they don't do it. Well, and it also gives parents guidance on what a movie is so if your kid goes hey i want to go see this movie and they look it up and go no it's rated r you're 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 nine years old you're not going to be able to go see that movie uh because somebody had written in a text uh, message and says we restrict restrict access to many things in our society Mm -hmm. why can't we rate books like we do movies and games and then restrict access by age because just because a game or a movie and and you've seen adult content ratings on games you've seen r-rated movies um, that doesn't mean the movie theater isn't going to allow you in. It just shows that that's what it is rated. It's adult content. And so parents can decide. I don't care. My nine-year-old can go see that R-rated movie. Big deal. So you're, if you're wanting to do the same thing with books, it's it's not going to fix the problem that people seem to have, right? At least I don't see rating movies yeah, or rating books like you do movies is, is going to fix it if you are still like movies, if, just going to allow if, anybody if, in. If there are particular books. Now, one complaint does not necessarily action require. Like, for instance, if somebody complains about Huckleberry Finn or Judy Bloom, uh, we can just say, okay, fine, your standards yeah. are a little different than most. But uh, some of the titles that they've talked about, you know, sound like movies that are on channels that are blocked on my TV. <laughs> and uh, maybe those you know, could be in a section where you say, okay, you do have to be uh, at least 18, 17, 16, here. whatever yeah. you need to be to check out a book here or to have your parents' uh, permission in person, probably. Stick around. We've got a $50 gift certificate to Bob's Restaurant in Cunin with Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question. We'll get to that right after Bronco Sports today.
Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, $50 gift certificate to Bob's Restaurant in Nampa. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's just off the freeway next to the Shiloh Inn. Brandon is going to get first crack at our question today. It's brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Uh, call 208-888-4128. The only number you need to need f- for any real estate needs is that number. All right, Brandon, uh, Gatorade Shower. See that now? He had it in the right. Super Bowl this weekend. They uh, used the grape-flavored Gatorade this weekend. However, it took place on one specific team and one head coach's head years before it ever became mainstream. Our question today, which coach and team had the very first Gatorade shower? All right. Let's do uh, Bill Purcells and uh, New York Giants. Bill Purcells, New York Giants. That's a very good guess. Because? Uh, because it's correct. It's yes. correct. <laughs> Nose right. tackle Jim Burt dumped the very first cooler <laughs> of Gatorade on head coach Bill Parcells' head. The team continued to give Parcells Gatorade showers after wins, but it didn't go mainstream until the Giants' championship run in 1986. Then other teams also started to do it, and now it's something you can bet on every year in the Super Bowl. <laughs> What color is the Gatorade going to be? By the way, the odds-on favorite, which is weird because I wouldn't think purple would be one of the favorite Gatorade flavors. Odds-on favorite this year was the purple-colored Gatorade. So, Hey, Brendan, congratulations. We have a $50 gift certificate for you. Hang on the line. We'll get some information from you. Congratulations to everybody this week who got their $50 gift certificate. Still on the way, we have more winning to do coming up. One final pair of tickets to the Boise State UNLV game will be coming up here sometime within the next 90 minutes. Stick around for that. We've got news coming up at the bottom of the hour. And then, as we always do, in uh, our, well, our legislature is in session every Thursday and Friday. We have the lawmakers in. Today, we have uh, House members. House Minority Leader, Democratic Representative Alana Rubel, District 18 in Boise, will be here coming up in about 10 minutes. Then House Majority Caucus Chair, Republican Representative Dustin Manwaring of District 29 in Pocatello will be with with us. That's all on the way within the next 10 minutes here on News Talk KBOI. News Talk KBOI covers the Idaho legislature, all of the issues, all of the debates. Today we have Idaho State representatives joining Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. It is 8.38. Good morning and welcome back to the studio again. Good to see you. House Minority Leader Democratic Representative Alana Rubel, District 18 in Boise. Uh, glad to be able to have you finally back in studio with us. Always a pleasure to join you. Uh, member of the House Business Committee, House Environment, Energy and Technology Committee, Health and Welfare Committee, and also House Ways and Means Committee. Uh, you, gotta, you, you wear a lot of hats while you're there. You have a, a bill yourself that is uh, going to be presented uh, later today. Clean slate bill. What exactly is that? Yeah, I'm super excited about this one. Uh, this is something that of the 41 other states are already doing, but this bill would provide a path for people with minor, nonviolent, non-sexual offenses. This is not for rapists and murderers, but you know, for people with a shoplifting or maybe an old marijuana possession charge or something, uh, to have a path to petition to seal their record from public view um, if they've gone five years without any further offenses so that they have a path to getting jobs and housing. And there's just so many bad things that happen to you. They call them collateral consequences when you have a record that really... So- Shut down your options. So something maybe you did when you were 18 won't come back and haunt you when you're 50. 
That's exactly right. In Idaho right now, if you shoplift when you're 18, it'll be on your record when you're 90. Um, and this is not how most states operate. And, and there's a lot of data that really helps people boost their income and access to housing. It actually helps lower recidivism. It turns out when people have a path to really cleaning up their mm. record, they actually are much more careful about not reoffending. Sounds like lame news. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, what, kind of, what kind of pushback is, is there? I mean, because it seems common sense. Like, like you said, most people would say if, it, you know, if this is going to be affecting rapists and murderers and stuff like that but it doesn't so what kind of pushback are you getting from uh, critics of the bill you know it's actually taken us a couple years to get the bill to where it is we've been working on this for a long time it's a bipartisan piece of legislation i've been working on it with senator dave lent of idaho falls for years now um mostly just just little stuff you know the courts didn't want to be told what to do with their records and then the prosecutors were very strict about they they hardly wanted anything to be sealable um so just a lot of back and forth negotiations to get everybody to stop opposing i really hope we're there this year would it just apply to misdemeanors or would it apply to certain felonies as well as long as they're not violent yeah good question um it would mostly be misdemeanors uh so the prosecutors kind of beat us down to a pretty narrow band of stuff it's <laughs> for a while it was looking like it was just going to be like littering and passing a school bus mm-hmm. um, but um, very, very small number. The only felonies it would address are the lowest level of drug possession. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about something that has come up this week. And uh, Jason Monks was uh, on with our counterpart, Nate Shellman, yesterday afternoon talking about property taxes because a lot of people are complaining that we're seeing a lot of other bills um, come forward. And here we're over a month into the session and, you know, about a little over a month left. And we're wondering, why are we not hearing anything on property tax uh, relief? And he said there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff getting done uh, as of right now. Um, what do you see as far as property tax from the Democrat side uh, being able to be done? And what are some of the things that Republicans are being forward that, that you agree with or you disagree with uh, that are being worked on behind the scenes as of right now? Yeah, I'm actually a co-sponsor on one of those bills with uh, Representative Skog. We've had a bipartisan piece of legislation for years. It's been in the hopper to um, restore the indexed homeowner's exemption. That was something that was ended in 2016, which shifted a huge amount of property tax liability off of commercial and onto residential. Um, and that's probably when most of your listeners started to see their property wow. taxes really go through the roof was yeah. when they ended that. You and Bruce Gogg, if that's not bipartisan, I don't know what is. <laughs> Indeed, he's a good guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I'd love to see that go through. Um, some of these ideas are actually things that the Democrats have been pushing really, really hard. Uh, in particular, this idea of using the state, you know, quote, surplus funds, the, the $120 million that the governor allocated in his budget for property tax relief, using that money to pay down school building facilities and to pay down school bonds. So you get kind of a twofer. You help take a chunk out of, you know, Idaho right now has $870 million dollars in school repairs needed uh, so take a chunk out of that while paying down the school bonds that are a big driver of people's property taxes about a third of people's property taxes are usually school bonds and levies so am i hearing from you if something gets poor, put forward that this is going to be something that both democrats and republicans are, are going to agree on and it's not once once it gets presented it's not going to have a hard time passing both the house and the senate yeah devil's in the details we got to see what finally emerges i am you know property tax reduction is a top, top, top priority for me, but it can't come at the expense of teacher salaries. It can't come at the expense of paying salaries to, you know, special ed tutors and whatnot. So they have to be able to find sources that don't uh, take a chunk out of desperately needed school operating funds. I think we can do it, but we'll see if, if what comes out of committee successfully does it. Scale of uh, one to 10. 
this legislative session something like like you mentioned i, I like that uh, indexing the yeah. home mortgage deduction scale of one to ten um what do you what do you think something will get done that really affects relief and property taxes I mean, something will get done that will call itself a property tax bill. <laughs> the question is, <laughs> will it be useful? <laughs> We've kind of seen this movie before. We saw this with House Bill 389 a couple of years ago, where they, you know, came in in the last 48 hours of session and yeah. jammed through this thing. And we're like, here it is, your magical we did, property we did tax something. bill. We did something. And it was a total disaster. All it did was, you know, force Nampa and Start have to lay off a bunch of police officers, didn't lower anybody's property taxes. It was a huge disaster for local government um, and ultimately was useless. Let's not do that again. I want to see something. We got to do something that's got to be the right thing. So we'll just be pushing to make sure we don't just check the box with something that might cause more problems than it solves. And if something's going to get done, it has to be brought up here pretty soon, right? Or it's not going to have a chance before you guys all have to go home. Well, I mean, when leadership wants something, they can grease the skids pretty well. You know, technically, there are these deadlines where you have to get it through by X date. But if Mike Moyle decides otherwise, he can jam something through in the last 12 hours of session. The new uh, legislation designed to outlaw administering the mRNA vaccine for COVID. What's your feeling about that? Uh, well, I, I don't think that's going to go very far. Uh, you know, that would be a fairly radical uh, proposal. But, I mean, this is something actually that did make it through full FDA's approval. It wasn't just something on the expedited. It, it was, I guess, demonstrated to the FDA's satisfaction as being really safe. So it would be uh, quite a challenge to subject doctors to criminal liability yeah, for administering to, something that's FDA-approved. Even to make it a misdemeanor. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, Representative, once again, great to have you in studio. Uh, I know we don't have a lot of time, but uh, appreciate you coming in and, t- and talking to us again this morning. Um, I, my guess is we're probably going to talk to you before the uh, end of the session because there are only a couple of you on the Democratic side. But it's always good to talk to you and uh, appreciate you taking a few minutes with us this morning. And I suspect we'll be in uh, session till May, so lots of opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> See, now that's news that nobody has said this morning. You heard it here. Uh, they're going to be in session until May of this year, she suspects. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. 845, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, House Majority Caucus Chair Republican Representative Dustin Manwaring of uh, District 29 in Pocatello. News Talk KBOI covers the Idaho legislature, all of the issues, all of the debates. Today, we have Idaho State Representatives joining Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 851, he's Chris Walton, I'm Mike Casper, and in the studio with us once again uh, today. Welcome to the studio, House Majority Caucus Chair, Republican Representative Dustin Manwaring, District 29 in Pocatello. Thanks for coming in here today. Good morning, thanks for having me. Member of the House Resources and Conservation Committee, House Revenue and Taxation Committee, there's a fun one, House Transportation (laughs) and Defense Committee, and House Ways and Means Committee. Um, Let's start things off, uh, a bill coming up, I think probably within the next week or so, uh, about presidential primary here in Idaho. Yeah, we introduced that legislation about a week ago, House Bill 138, and that is a consolidation of the presidential primary and making that from March to the to the May primary election with the, all the other primaries in Idaho. So you go back to 2012 when this was changed. We separated and we pushed our primary for presidential candidates back to March. And if you remember right, we started with caucuses at first. The presidential right. caucus happened for the Republican Party in March and the Democratic Party as well. And, and the, the Republican Party stopped doing the caucus after 2012, but the Democrat Party continued that into the 2016 cycle. 
And now you fast forward today, and they're both doing primaries, but we've separated the primary to March, and we're now we're doing a primary for everything else in May. And I think it's confusing to the voter, and it's coming at a significant cost to Idaho. What is the advantage uh, monetarily for us? So it costs us about... It's cost us about $2 million if you go to the 2012 and actually 2016 and 2020 presidential primary elections have cost about $2 million. If we look forward to 2024, we estimate it'll cost Idaho about $2.5 million plus a couple hundred thousand dollars to do a post-election audit. So the price tag is about $2.7 million to keep the presidential primary in March separate from the May primaries. Um, I want to talk a little bit about you're, you're on the Revenue and Taxation Committee. Jason Monks was uh, on uh, Nate Shulman's show, our afternoon guy show here yesterday, and said that there's about a 99% chance that he thinks something will get done in this legislative session. Uh, lay out the three things that were proposed, and uh, if you would, this is kind of a two-part question, which one of those do you like? Yeah, the first one is just a straight indexing of the homeowner's exemption and just expanding that homeowner's exemption up to a greater level. I think it puts it up to $247,000 of exempt amount on your property taxes. And that just goes back and said, if we had continued to index for inflation since the time we stopped doing that, that's where the homeowner's exemption would be today. That's idea number one. Idea number two is just a straight take some of the sales tax, 3 or 4% of sales tax, and put it on the bottom line for the homeowners for relief at the bottom of their tax bill. Idea number four is to give some money dedicated money to school districts to reduce bonds and levies. And that, in turn, would reduce the burden, the property tax burden for taxpayers if you, sort of, if you did help pay off bonds and levies for school districts. And that, that third bill has some other pieces in it, but that's really the core of what it's trying to get to. And which, which one, if you had your druthers, and I'm putting a gun to your head, which one would you uh, prefer to get passed? Well, option three is the House plan. It's the house. It's the plan that's sponsored by our House Speaker Mike Moyle and Representative Jason Monks that we've we've working we're working a lot on to make that plan get traction and move forward. And I think we'll have some version of that plan that that we get out of the House. There is new legislation designed to uh, outlaw administering the mRNA vaccine for COVID. Do you have a feeling about that? You know, I don't have enough information on it. I'm suspicious that we're we're focusing on the right priorities with 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 doing this. Mm-hmm. I'll listen to the arguments and see what the evidence is, but I haven't seen any scientific evidence that this should be our priority this session. Okay. We're uh, seeing a lot of news, and I know the legislature has uh, also got a, a bill in it, but we're seeing a lot of news, especially this week, uh, out of the Meridian uh, Library District uh, wanting to get rid of that, uh, a group of citizens. Um, we also have uh, CUNA school libraries who have announced that uh, they have, I think it was 25 books that they have now moved from their regular shelves to put behind the counter. Um, what is, what's being talked about in the Idaho legislature as, as it comes to school libraries specifically? Is, is this something that is, is going to be looked at seriously this session uh, about doing something similar? Because they said that they got their guidance from the Idaho legislature on these particular books and putting them in uh, behind the counter to get specific permission from parents to be able to have kids, their kids be able to see it? Well, it hasn't been a big topic yet, but it's been a big topic over the last year or so, going back to the the bill we had last year on libraries. So I think there are some that will be pushing this forward. I did see that list of of books come out. And I think, you know, the balance here is trying to make sure that parents have discretion and they understand what's going on in the school and in the library. 
But I don't, I'm not sure that this will be a significant priority this session, but there will be some that continue to push this narrative from the legislature and to continue to put pressure on our libraries. Um, but in, in the end, what we want to have is libraries that are not um, restricting things that to, to kids. Basically, what we want to have is, is, is a library that is, is not um, banning books, frankly, but we also want to protect our kids from having pornographic materials. So that's, a, that's a balance that the state interest has. should be able find. to get those on the Internet, not yeah. the, the school libraries, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dustin Manwaring, once again, caucus chair. Um, thanks for being with us this morning. It's fine, uh, nice to finally meet you. We, your name gets bandied about, and uh, this is our first chance uh, to get a chance to have you in the studio. So it was very nice to uh, finally meet you. Yeah, pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me this Thank morning. Thank you for coming in. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. It is Open Phones Friday. You want to talk about the uh, visit from our lawmakers, you can do that. We've got news coming up here next at the uh, top of the hour. If you would like, you can also email us, chris at kboi.com or mike at kboi.com. Text us. That's the same as our main number at 208-336-3700. Don't forget, we've got one more pair of Boise State basketball tickets taking on UNLV Sunday. That's coming up next hour. 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 905, good morning. Thanks for listening in. Going to be a very busy final hour coming up here for you this morning. It is Open Phones Friday. We'll talk about anything you want to talk about at 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. You can also email us, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Uh, you can text us. That's the same as our main number if you want to get through. By the way, those numbers... Keep them handy because we're going to have one final chance for you to get a pair of tickets. Boise State UNLV coming up here on Sunday night, rare Sunday night game. You'll be able to uh, either go to the game with that final pair of tickets. The rest of you who uh, don't get a chance to go to the game, you'll be able to listen to the game here on The Voice of the Broncos. Uh, Sunday night's game, tip-off, yeah. 7 o'clock, pregame, 6.30 with Bob and Abe. You don't even have to win to do that. No, and it will be on 93.1. FM, this particular game, regular programming on 670 AM on Sunday night. One thing I, want, I wanted to get to this before the uh, end of the week because of something Nikki Haley, who announced that she was running for president in the uh, next election, um, she calls for competency tests on all politicians who are the age 75 and above who want to run for office. Uh, again, I, I'm for that as long as she doesn't. Limit it to those over 75, but uh, those under 75 you, you should want take it, them to. You want yeah. it for everybody. Uh, of course. I bring this up, and, and this isn't, you know, to bring up Biden, who is 80 right now um, and would be 86 if he were elected in the next election by the time he left office. It's not, you know, uh, for Trump, who is 76 right now. Is that right? I think 76. Yeah. Um, both of them would fall fall under that. I, I understand what she's doing. She's trying to separate herself from the two older people who are going to be running and if possibly other people who are going to be uh, running. She's 51. Yeah, 51. But I do bring this up and wonder if this might be something to consider based on a couple of things that have happened this week. Um, one of them has to do with Diane Feinstein on Tuesday said, uh, put out a press release saying, I'm announcing today I will not run for re-election in 2024, but intend to accomplish as much for California as I can through the end of the year when my term ends. Diane Feinstein, uh, by the way, is 89 years old. 
later on Tuesday, after that announcement was uh, sent out, press release, reporters at the Capitol uh, surrounded her and uh, asked about her announcement. Her quote, I haven't made a decision yet. I haven't released anything. Feinstein staffer had to pull her aside and said, we put out a statement earlier today. You put out a statement, the center replied, seemingly surprised. That was just one of the things that happened uh, a little bit later in the week. They were uh, discussing. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, a senator might not necessarily know every statement that is put out by his or her office, but that's a fairly important one. Yeah. So I, you have you ha- I have a problem with this either way. It, it, it's a problem if she didn't even realize if her staff told her, by the way. Um, we're put, we know you're retiring, so we're putting that out today that you're not yeah. going to be running in 2024. Uh, it's a problem if she doesn't remember that after her staff said that. It's an even bigger problem, and I don't know one way or the other, if she hadn't even said she was going to retire yet and her staff put it out <laughs> anyway. Then I really of have course, a big, Because then who's running that office? Yeah, I was going to say that's mostly her problem, I think. Now, a little bit later in the week, um, she was overheard coming out of... Um, it wasn't even a vote, uh, but they were talking about judges. And as she was coming out, she overheard. She goes, did I Did I, I just make a vote for the, that judge? And there wasn't even a vote going on, but she wasn't aware that she either mm-hmm. did or didn't vote during that. Yeah, so chances are her re- retirement is a good idea for yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. But here's the question. Should she even be serving right now if she's really having that much trouble? I also bring it up because uh, of another thing that's happening this week, and that has to do with Senator John Fetterman. Now, last week, he put, put himself into the hospital because of dizziness. Uh, yesterday, he admitted himself into the hospital because of severe depression. Yeah, and his campaign, essentially, after he uh, had experienced a stroke, was to simply tell everyone that, I am ready for this. You know, mm-hmm. I'm getting better yeah. all the time. Yep. Everything's going to be fine. I, I don't think necessarily this was a problem that he had, uh, you know, it, he had uh, spotted ahead of time, or he didn't think that was going to happen. So there, there were a lot of people who said that you know he was not able to do the job even before he was elected, but he was still elected by the people. Right. As you mentioned, he he had a stroke, problematic um, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he said because of that stroke, he was having a hard time understanding when people were talking to him and understanding conversation. He said that it sounded to him like a Peanuts cartoon where whenever yeah. adults wah, talked, wah, it was wah, like, wah, 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 wah. That's a problem. If you're a state senator, or I mean a, a senator from your state, and instead of being able to hear what's going on in the Senate, all you hear is wah, 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 wah. Do you know, how do you know what you're voting on? Got an instant message here. It says, I thought we get to talk about whatever we want at some point. Yes, go ahead. What, is that all you wanted to say? Yeah. Our that phone line, We have a phone line open for you. Did, was there a name on there? No. Okay, no named anonymous person. If you want to talk about something, here's your chance. 208-336-3700. It is Open Phones Friday. You can call toll-free if you happen to be out outside the area. 1-800-529-5264. What do you want to talk about? Rich in Boise. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Uh, yeah, I wanted to talk about the absentee ballots. You're talking about them. I think it was yesterday. And well, there's a couple of things. There was some one one guy called in and said uh, 
provincial ballots where if you don't have an ID, you can sign an affidavit and you can get it. He said that they they don't ever go back and check those to see if they were actually, uh, you know, the real voters. And the thing is, they don't even count those ballots unless there's enough of them to change the outcome of a race. They don't even get counted. So all of those that have been cast in Idaho over the past years since we've had that law, they've they've probably never been counted unless maybe you have, sometimes you'll have a representative district that's with win eight or nine, and there have to be enough of those ballots to change the outcome. So they, they, they don't even get into the poll. And the other thing was some states, some states count the mail-in ballots before the election. Uh, and, you know, and some start right the morning of the election, and some, like Arizona, wait until all the other ballots have been cast. Uh, it's just every state does that different. Uh, and that's, that's what, you know, that's why some of these elections take so long. If they would start counting them when they came in, they, they will release numbers of how many ballots they've received and they will release what districts it's from. So you, people can kind of get an idea what they might be but they don't ever release the actual amounts before the election. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in, and, in we, most, and we uh, said that they don't report early results from early, right. even even the 17 states most, that do uh, start counting the ballots before the election day. Most states now have legislation that says you cannot discuss it uh, publicly until after the polls have closed. But the, the, trying to do this, this has become a fad of Republicans. You know, 12 years ago, the majority of people whose mail-in ballots were Republicans. And then when Democrats started using them, now they want to change these laws. But, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm old enough. I could, I could come up with a reason to, uh, to get a mail-in ballot. And they're not, you know, they're not going to argue, well, no, you can do it. But it's, I, I just don't know. I don't think it's a big issue. And there's a lot of people that use them for a lot of reasons, a lot of different reasons other than being too old to stand up in line or not being able to drive or things like that. You know, I mean, some people, because of their jobs and time, it just works out better. I just started doing it. I think I last election is the first time that I ever got a mail-in ballot. I'd been planning on doing it for quite a few years because they kept changing my polling place. And it just irritated me to have to go find a new place, find out where it is all the time. And but I never got around to doing it till last year. But you know, now now you know it's kind of a convenient. And there's there's they haven't found you know the fraud is very limited. I mean, I suppose one of you got you could vote for your spouse. I suppose you know take her ballot, but then that's something you'd have to deal with. And you better hope that you're not going to be your marriage is going to be in trouble in the next few years because that's a felony and she could turn you in. So I don't. Oh, think and, and that trust much trust me, my wife would turn me in in a second <laughs> if I did that. Thank you for the call. It it is interesting. One thing, and I don't I don't know a whole lot uh, about the Georgia thing, but they they released some of the information um, of the investigation going on in Georgia, and I found it interesting that. The wording that they did not find widespread fraud enough to overturn the election, and I don't. Does that mean you found 
a bunch of fraud, no. just not enough. But it, it doesn't it mean was you just found in- a bunch. It means you found some. In other words, you might have found three instances of fraud where there were three votes that made a difference. And, and uh, here's, but, here's, you, but you didn't find thousands. Here's my question. Well, you, but it, you maybe did find thousands. That's what I'm saying. Is like, Why are they not being more forthcoming with that? We found three instances of fraud, or we found a thousand. They just said there was not enough... There was not widespread enough fraud to have overturned the election, well, which, which I that, get. But it seems to me that thousands would constitute widespread. Um, maybe not. It depends on how many, you know, how many votes that mm-hmm. you know Biden won by or Trump won, you know, won by which state, whatever you're in. It would depend on how many. It was. I just found it interesting, and like I said, I I don't know enough about. Um, because they didn't release all the information, they just released uh, a limited amount so far after their their investigation. But that was a piece in Georgia that they released because um, you know there there were talks now that um, they could be trying to indict Trump for trying to influence the Georgia results in in the election or not. So they released just some of the information. But I I just I just found it interesting in the way that it it was worded. You know what I mean? It, you know w- without coming flat out and saying, hey, we found fraud, but it wasn't enough to overturn the election, They, which is basically what they said. It's like, we didn't find widespread fraud enough to overturn the election. And we, I mean, this is something we've talked about in the past. There's fraud in every election that gets found. And usually those well, people... Quite that, often it's people who think they have the right to vote, but it turns out that it's been taken away from them because of a felony or something. Yeah. And either they didn't know or they went ahead and voted anyway. Yeah. But it, it, it generally isn't terribly widespread. So it's just, I, I, I mean, there's fraud in every election. So when people come out, if you hear somebody say there's not fraud in every election, there is because they also um, list what it are. And the, and the people that get caught for fraud usually end up going to jail or getting huge fines and um, end up having to well, get yeah, charged and go through the court. But there, it, there is fraud in almost, not almost every presidential election so far. If you go back through history, there has been some fraud. Now, not enough to overturn the election, at least as of yet that we know of. <laughs> but, what would you call that, incidental fraud? Uh, no, it's not really incidental because some of it is on purpose. Some of the people that are charged knew that they were committing fraud and still did it anyway. So I wouldn't call that necessarily incidental. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a quick break. It is Open Phones Friday. You want to get through, it's brought to you by Fast Eddie's once again. Fast Eddie's and Meridian, the place to go if you want uh, breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Um, one of the highly rated fast casual restaurants in the nation. As a matter of fact, it's rated number one. Earl of Sandwich. Get in for breakfast, lunch, and dinner at Earl of Sandwich. And Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Paul writing in, uh, hello Mike. Have you heard any uh, stories or news about some of the large local corporations still requiring COVID vaccinations for their employees? I heard from a friend who works at a local company that even though a couple of years ago masks uh, and vaccines were required, that it's now like COVID never existed there. They don't talk about it. There are zero restrictions. Just curious what you have heard in the uh, media circles. Love the show. Thank you, Paul. Um, you know, I, I haven't. I, I, I kind of believe like you. It's kind of just gone away the only only time we really ever heard about any of that sort of thing is if there were a fairly large number of people who were complaining about it and lately there haven't been i don't 
as far as I know, and I could be wrong, and somebody could you know call in and point this out. I don't know of any place here in the Treasure Valley, like for instance, that requires masks. Like the city and all the businesses in Boise used to require masks, and you, you know, apart from like the factories and labs that required them to begin with, yeah, to begin yeah. with, yeah, like Micron or whatever. Right. I don't know if there's any of the. Well, first of all, Canyon County never required masks, so there was no problem there. Uh, but I don't, as far as I know, I don't think there's any businesses require masks anymore uh, i could be wrong if i'm we, wrong yeah we don't, we don't know that for a fact yeah uh, another uh email in this is we were talking this morning about uh possibly doing a or rating for books or like cuna school district has done put the uh books that might be offensive behind the counter and then having to have explicit permission from parents to be able to check those out this person writes in the movie reading rating means that you have you have to be accompanied by an adult, but that was based on back in the days when there were adults and children. The adults used to be responsible for the child's behavior and were more or less in charge of said child or children. Somewhere that went away and is the reason we are where we are today is a well, society. Again, it's never been a law No, when it comes to the movie nope. ratings. Uh, if a movie theater wants to allow 11-year-olds to come into their R-rated movie, they can do so without even penalties. It's not against the law to do that. They simply agree to do it because it's kind of a social convention that, you know, most people don't think a fifth or sixth grade kid should be going to an R-rated movie. However, I remember when I was that age, kids were always bragging that their parents took them to an Mm R-rated movie. There is only, in my entire life, of going to movies when I was a kid in college and then as a parent taking kids to movies, in my entire life, there has only been one movie that I had ever gone to that was specific in checking kids to make sure they were 17 years old for an R-rated movie. And I watched kids being turned away because they didn't have parents. So you had to have a parent with you to go to the uh, go to the movie and it was i can't remember off the top of my head what the movie was right now um but it happened here in the uh old movie theater here that was in downtown boise that's now closed um and they were not allowing so i i watched kids that would come up and said where's your parents it's like i uh, don't have a parent can i see your id if they didn't have id or if yeah. they said they were under 17 17 or under they turned them away and even even us when we we had kids with us mm-hmm. for the movie, they said, and again, "Are, are and again, these your yeah. parents?" And it's like, if, yeah. if it's the policy of the theater, the theater will do that. Well, and that's what it is. And it's it's the policy of a lot of theater chains, which is, by the way, most of the theaters. Yeah, and, and that was my point that I was going to make is this wasn't a law, this wasn't a rule by the movie theater, you know, federal government, anything. As you just said. It was a policy of that particular movie theater to not allow mm-hmm. anybody for that particular... They did it for other movies. Just that one movie, they said, no, this one apparently they deemed too bad. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, since our phone lines are clear right now, number one, you can call us, but number one, two, since they are clear, we're going to give away our final pair of tickets. Boise State, UNLV, Sunday night, rare Sunday night game. You can be there for free live be a part of the large crowd expected if you want to be caller number six right now at 208-336-3700 you will get their final pair of tickets to the boise state unlv unlv game broadcasting from the empire title studios we are news talk kboi 9:34, 29 degrees in downtown boise warmed up at least a little bit this morning 
Matt Herbert, congratulations. Headed to uh, watch the Boise State Broncos take on UNLV this Sunday night. And don't forget, um, for those of you who didn't win the tickets this week, we gave away tickets. Nate gave away tickets. This is a station that has more tickets to Boise State uh, football and basketball than any other station. Congratulations to all of our winners. Remember, for those of you who didn't win, you have a chance to hear the game Sunday night. 93.1 FM. It's going to be carried on our FM station coming up Friday night. Pre-game, 6.30, tip-off at 7 o'clock. The one of the things we had told you I wanted to talk about, just mention this real quickly. Open phones Friday, by the way. Phone lines are back open at 208-336-3700. And we said that this was going to happen. We just wondered how long it was going to happen before Donald Trump would stop start attacking Nikki Haley. Now, he hasn't officially well, used you wondered, you wondered what the nickname would be. He hasn't used a, a nickname as of yet, but I'm sure that that will be coming. But he has finally attacked her. The uh, president took a swing at uh, his 2024 rival for Republican nomination for president in a post on Truth Social yesterday. Said the greatest thing about Nikki Haley and what she did for our country in the great state of South Carolina was accepting the position of United Nations ambassador so that the credible then uh, Lieutenant Governor Henry McMaster could be governor of South Carolina where he has done an absolutely fantastic job. That was a big reason why I appointed Nikki to the position. It was a favor to the people I love in South Carolina. Yeah, that's a dig, isn't it? No, that's definitely a dig. In other words, the best thing she did for South Carolina was resign as governor. Mm -hmm. Here's the part that uh, somebody maybe should have pointed out to Trump when he said that. He goes, so you thought she was such a horrible governor that you hired her for your own administration? (laughs) (laughs) To be the... United States representative at the United Nations, which yeah. seems like a fairly important job. Yeah, kind of, doesn't it? It's like you thought she did such a bad job that you gave her a job. Well, he couldn't have just made her resign. That you presidents can't do that to governors. Right. Um two oh eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. Emails uh have been coming in this morning to get to. Uh a pig that a pig does not know he's in the mud. I'm not sure if this is the person's real name, um, but that's the uh, name on the email. Says uh, sounds am, more like a title. I am so tired of you guys stating that we are book banning. Nothing is being banned. We are only asking it get taken out of children's section. A simple answer answer is uh, you keep it from uninvited eyes some of us want our children growing up innocent and saving garbage for later in life garbage has become very prevalent in our society and ever since we have a huge percentage of our men needing medication in the area they should never need help uh never need help in garbage causes that quit destroying our children now i I haven't used the term book man here's the thing if you want to see an entire library district dissolved wouldn't that be banning all the books within the meridian area if there are no li- you you've now banned books available in all of the meridian library district right you're not telling people they can't get books you're just telling them they can't get books at the library that doesn't exist anymore so that i mean that would seem a little bit like it's you know banning the ability to go anywhere in meridian let's, let's and get books way. let's put it this way it's it's the 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 differences are mainly semantic, and they are very similar. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. Some necess- people are a hundred percent against 
any kind of uh, censorship whatsoever. Right. Other people say, well, okay, that's all well and good, but does that mean that you know you can give an adult book to a five-year-old, and if you can't, is that censorship? No, that's not censorship. That's that's probably good parenting. Right. And the, the, par- the parents here, I think, mainly are just asking for help. The thing going on with the, if you're specifically talking about the school library and CUNA and what they did this week, um, then you're right. They're not banning the books in the school library. So I don't know if you're specifically talking about the both things that have come up in the news this week or if you're specifically talking about wanting to do this in school libraries. I don't have a problem whatsoever in school libraries if you make it so that kids have to have specific permission from their parents before they're able to see certain certain books. I don't think you should be getting rid of those books in school libraries just because you don't like that the that they are there and children might be in the library. If you do what CUNA did and put them behind the you know, checkout counter behind the counter is what they call it. I think there's 25 books that they did that with, and they have to have either a parent there or a guardian there, or and specifically have permission of the parent. I don't, simply, I don't necessarily have a problem well, with that. You, you you label them adult themes, yeah, and, and I think people understand that. Yeah, I, I don't have a problem with that. Saying you don't want, you know, in public libraries, you don't want these certain books in those public libraries because there are kids that come to that library. That I have a problem with because who gets to decide what is obscene for one kid or pornographic for one kid and not for the other? Who Who is making that decision? Because your decision of what you think is obscene or pornographic well, and I could think, be completely different from I, what I think is. But I think their answer would be, well, it could be a combination of you know parents, teachers, and librarians. And apparently, city councilmen and commissioners, and school board, leaving, and, school board and and also the particular committee or the uh, committee that put themselves. What is it? I can't remember the name of the committee. Concerned citizens yeah. of Meridian. Um, apparently, they want to say in it also. Paula writes in and says, "I have never heard anybody say there was no voter fraud, but nothing Trump said about it about voter fraud has been true." It sounds like she's a Trump fan. A Trump fan. Um, Tim says, Casper, the findings in Georgia on the election were by a grand jury. They used the findings by Georgia election officials. If you want to know how many cases of voter fraud in Georgia, you could find it. Actually, no, you can't yet because they only released a portion of it. The grand jury only released a, a portion of it. They haven't released everything as of yet. So we we don't know as of yet. And I don't... And I, Quite frankly, don't know why they just released a portion of it yesterday, uh, but they did. Uh, somebody writes in, we had asked this question a little while ago. Last time I visited a hospital, they still required masks, the one place where they should be most informed on the subject, and they're the last ones living the lie. And yes, if you look into it, they've not made uh, the news, a big surprise. There have now been excess studies on the effectiveness of masks having to do with COVID, and not one legit study said that the masks work. And if they do, why were they not recommended for the uh, chemical spills in Ohio? <laughs> Um, I think the best thing that would have been recommended for those was leaving the get, area. Get the hell out of there, yeah. yeah. Time to time for everyone to go on vacation and leave the area. I, I know this isn't on subject, but it's Open Phones Friday, so this is my Open Phones to you. How many billions of dollars are we going to see in lawsuit payouts 
over that from the company, federal government, because there's some people, yeah. some people believe the federal government didn't act soon enough, as you said, to get people the hell out of there for well, as dangerous the, as this the, was. The thing that I keep hearing is that uh, if you go back, say, you know, 10 years ago, that this particular spill couldn't have happened because there were regulations at that time to keep certain chemicals from being transported in certain ways and that this wouldn't have happened. But then uh, during the last administration, the uh, regulations were dropped. Mm-hmm. So they're blaming that. Yeah. And I saw that, too. And my question was, um, because Pete Buttigieg says that, well, this is, this is, you know, regulations were lax during President Trump's era. Mm-hmm. The question then would be, all right, Biden has been in office for over two years. If you thought that this was a problem, why didn't you fix it? I mean, on day one, well, I mean, President are, Biden both, signed 56 executive yeah, orders both, that reversed Trump both, rules. Both are good questions. Yeah. But to be fair, during the Trump administration, he did constantly kind of brag about uh, them uh, getting rid of the most regulations of, of any uh, uh, administration. But he, but he was, in fact, proud of that. Yeah. Last in Meridian, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning to you. Hey, I just wanted to give a shout out. I wanted to thank the person in Meridian at the Meridian City Hall that parked horizontally in the diagonal parking spaces and took up three spaces and there were no parking. I sense you're being facetious. <laughs> Who, me? Yeah, yes. <laughs> now, now this now this will make a difference. Did they have a nice car? Uh, well, it was okay. <laughs> There's an SUV. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. It doesn't, the, the it doesn't make a difference. You're <laughs> still you're still supposed to park the right way. Uh, thank you, Les, for the call. Yes, it is open phones Friday, so you can ask that. I, I get uh, um, Chris's point there, by the way, um, because you never see uh, POS type car or vehicle parked that way. It's always the really nice ones, mm-hmm. right? You you never see a crappy car parked taking up three parking spaces. It's always just the nice ones. Kent writes in and says, I, as a senior citizen and longtime resident of Idaho, am very discouraged that our representatives are not addressing a property tax reduction for those of us who live on a fixed income while our property taxes keep going up. The longtime residents, seniors, have given plenty to this state over our many years, and it is time that we get some dedicated relief. I am a longtime Republican, but I am very disappointed in these Republican politicians for overlooking a very needed relief for seniors. That's from Kent. Well, it sounds like they have been working on it. And Kent, I would uh, I would suggest you listen to the uh, podcast, Nate Shelman's show yesterday, talking with Jason Monks. Yeah. And he said that they have been. It's not... Uh, well, except, like I said, though, you know, the, the the world doesn't want to hear about the labor pains. It wants to yeah, see the baby. It, and so they don't care if you've been working on it. Where are the results? Yeah, exactly. Um, he did, however, say in, in that interview yesterday that he is 99% sure. So there's 1%. Say there's a chance that it won't get done, but he's 99% sure something will get done this legislative session to address property tax relief and he said so in other words failure is not an option unless we run out of time yeah he kind of well he and he said even even the running out of time part he said he plans on you know staying with the legislature being in session until they get property taxes done Mm. so 
that was the problem in the past years. You get down to the past, you know, the final couple of days when everybody wants to go home. And, and Alana Rubel said it this morning. All of a sudden, they just slam something through in the last 48 hours that isn't well thought out and doesn't do a lot for property taxes so that they can, as they leave, say, look, we did something. We got something done when it actually, in actual practice, ended up not getting something yeah. done. Now, we're taking their word for it, as I said. But uh, for those of you who missed that interview yesterday, it is on the podcast at KBOI.com if you want to check it out. Take a quick break. We've got one final segment on the way. If you want to get through, uh, stay right where you're at. Give us a call. A couple lines are open. You can also email us, Chris at KBOI.com and Mike at KBOI.com. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Paul and Nampa, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning, guys. Thanks for the stellar show once again. You didn't let me down. You know, I had a thought about that. That's uh the problem with the books of Meridian. We're having trouble you know, hearing you, uh, Paul. There's a lot of background noise. How about now? Can you hear me better? That's a little bit better. Okay. I had it in my holder. Sorry. Yeah, I was just thinking to myself that when my parents owned their bookstore that they had, they usually just got rid of the books, you know, but you can't do that anymore because then it's, it's, uh, it smacks of... of not allowing people to read something that they may find enjoyable or whatever and get something out of it. I forgot the name of the word. I'm Censorship. For. Censorship, thank you. And, you know, we had a section that we had stuff that was questionable. It didn't have any nudity or anything like that. And, of course, back in the 70s and early 80s, it wasn't pre- as prevalent as it is today. People wanted to flaunt it everywhere, it seems. And and so we had an old, what was a, an abandoned, not abandoned, but it was a post office at one time. And the building we rented, and we kept certain books inside that vault of where the post office used to be, so... So we could, you know, keep kids from getting that. And then we had children's books uh, sections where that's where they would gravitate towards anyway. But we would help them to find the place. And then we had those little tiny chairs where they could sit and so on. The point I'm trying to get at is there's a way to get around this so that they can continue to have them. But they can make them more difficult to be able to find. And and I, I I don't see that as censorship. I just see it as basically playing the game. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't think that is uh, censorship either. Um, thank you for the call. I still think that, you know, kids today should have to do like, you know, you and I did when we were kids, you know, when they, when they had pornography or obscene materials, you should have to go find it in, in your dad's <laughs> closet way, way there in the back hey, and not go to a library. It was not in my dad's closet. <laughs> uh, on the other hand, my friend, it was in his dad. Um, <laughs> Tom says, does anyone know if they found the woman who went missing last week thought heading to Yellowstone Park? Yeah, there was a 60-year-old woman who uh, lives in a facility in in Boise, and she went missing on Sunday. I think it was Sunday night about 1 o'clock in the Mm. morning or Monday morning that uh, we got an alert that she was missing. She was found on Monday, and she was found at another business in Boise. Uh, a couple of text messages in here. Uh, I think the CUNA solution is a good one. Then both sides of the issue are getting exactly what they want. 
Uh, another text message, closing the library does not go far enough. They need to close the bookstores, block the Internet, block the Netflix, Hulu, and other platforms. Need to confiscate Bibles. Lots of sex and violence in there. That'll fix it. You know, that's a good point. Would Bibles, because there's a lot of yeah. going on in the Bibles, would that, would that be put there, to the adult was, section too? When I was in college, there was a guy that wanted to get every book that mentioned the devil or mentioned Satan out of the library and until somebody pointed out that the Bible mentioned Satan and he thought that was a bad idea. <laughs> it's, 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 he was all for it until I mean, that it, got pointed out it's, to him? Yeah, it's context. He, he just, uh, he, you know, he wanted to get rid of like Satan yeah. worshiping stuff or anything that he found terribly dangerous. Yeah. Thanks for the phone calls and emails. We are out of time. Chris and I are uh, taking off Monday because it's President's Day, and we're going to go honor presidents on Monday. We'll be back here on Tuesday. Have yourself a fantastic weekend. Don't forget, BSU basketball Sunday night.